context of this sometimes rusty but a big piece of metal um, that is designed to keep a ship um, safe and in steady and in one place um, when the ship wants to be steady and held into one place. Um, and I was reading this week earlier on and I just found this lovely um, broader definition of, of the word anchor. And it, and it was this, a person or a thing that provides stability or confidence in an otherwise uncertain situation. Anyone feel slightly uncertain this morning? A little bit of an uncertainty about our lives, our world? An anchor provides stability and confidence in an otherwise uncertain situation. It's your anchor, you see, that gives you that stability. What is it you're holding on to? And we live in an uncertain world. It's frantic. It's constantly changing. But actually, it's that anchor. And it's important that we know and understand what or who is our anchor in order that we can um, be confident and stable despite all the circumstances that, that the world will throw at us and all of those things that we have. So firstly this morning I want to have a quick look at the importance of dropping and securing your anchor. So Tony and I have got this favourite place in the island of Corfu. It's a beautiful little bay um, that we holiday in quite frequently. We call it like our second home really. Um, and this bay is a bit of an overnight kind of haven for boats that they come in, they sail in and they kind of anchor up and, and, and they sail there. And one of our, uh, in some of the uh, bays around this little bay that we go to, there's also quite a haven for super yachts, the mega rich and the filthy rich really. The <laughs> ridiculous um, boats that they have. Um, uh, and they sort of anchor and move around the kind of areas that we go to. And one of our favorite pastimes is to sit in a little taverna on the beach and we're looking out the boats, they're coming and going, and they're, 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 the captain spends a little bit of time setting the anchor, dropping the anchor, making sure it's positioned absolutely correctly. So, so we, we love to sit and watch this going on. So one year, we thought, we'll give it a go ourselves. So we hired a boat for the day. <laughs> and um, and uh, so we, we got this boat, and we had a whole 15-minute demonstration of how to um, steer the boat, how to drop the anchor in the boat, how to pull the boat into a jetty. Um, in 15 minutes, we learned all of this. Come on, you know. So, and then we were set sail. We were gone then with the full responsibility of this vessel that we were now captaining, I guess, even though it's quite small. But, you know, think broader in your mind, if you like. Um, so we had the responsibility of, of this boat. So we're, we're sailing around the coastline. We're going around different bays. And then we come into this lovely, beautiful bay. And I say to Tony, should we stop here and have a swim? yeah that's a good idea so he proceeds to cut the engine and drop the anchor over the back it goes oh, we've had a 15 minute training so we're experts now on how to do this so over the anchor goes so we're in this beautiful bay so we're great we've got the anchor engines cut so i go over the edge i start swimming tony's just relaxing on the deck you know and just enjoying himself and then i start thinking oh the coastline getting a bit further away from us why is that getting further away? Oh, our anchor is obviously not doing its job. It's obviously not holding at the moment. We are starting to drift back out into the, uh, the, the side bit. So I say, okay, we're slight little bit of panic kicks in, but no, it's fine, we've got an engine. So I get back on board, Tony starts 
the engine. We're trying to start the engine. We'll reposition ourselves. We'll get ourselves closer to the coastline, and we'll go again. So he starts to turn the engine. Nothing. Starts again. Nothing. So me being me and the woman in the, in the relationship, I say, I assume he's doing it wrong. So I, I have, let, let me have a go. Let me have a go. So I go, nothing. Oh, great. Okay. Bit more panic starts to set in now. So we've got an anchor that's not holding us in where we want to be. We've got no engine. And I start looking in one direction. The coastline's getting further and further away. I turn around, and the shipping channel that runs between Corfu and Albania is getting closer and closer and closer. And here we are drifting out into dangerous waters. Our anchor wasn't holding. So we start, we think, let's have another go. In our panic, we start lifting the anchor. We'll throw it off again. We'll see, yeah, that looks like it's there now. No, bit, the waves start coming. The wind starts blowing a bit more. And we start drifting again. The anchor, we weren't able to get to the bottom of the seabed. And we weren't able to get our anchor into where it needed to be. It wasn't holding us correctly. worry. We didn't end up in Albania. We didn't end up in the shipping lane. We did eventually manage to get a mobile phone signal and get the boat company. They came with a spare and we were rescued and we get a new boat. And we had a, we were a bit more cautious about the rest of the day and how we were stepping in and dropping our anchor as we, as we carried on that. But um, th th there was an importance here in this, in this story. In life, we're all anchored to something. And we can be anchored to our friends, to our families, to our careers, to our, um, our finances, to our, you know, our favorite football team, to our, the celebrities that we look up to in life, we, you know, our ideas, our values, our aspirations. We can be anchored to, to many things. But the question is, does what we're anchored to have the integrity to hold us up and stop us from falling when the winds of life when they put that stress on that anchor, when it's stressed in the wind and the waves are starting to roar, does it have that integrity to hold us up when that starts? If our anchor is not secure, it won't have the integrity to hold us. When times get tough and the enemy starts throwing things at us, throwing in our, in our way, trying to knock us off course, trying to derail us, trying to you know, stop us from doing the things that he's got for us, it can knock us down, and instead of being secure, we can find ourselves drifting into dangerous waters. We get disappointed. Maybe we get weary and we get tired. Things aren't going the way. We're fighting all the time. We're trying to, to try and stay afloat. We stop hearing the voice of God, and all we can hear around us is the wind and the, and the, and the, and the waves, the sound of that. We stop hearing the voice of God in that moment. You see, survival through the toughest of storms in our life and the toughest of storms that the enemy will throw in our direction is going to be dependent on what we're anchored to and having an anchor that cannot be moved in those tough times. When storms and struggles come, and let's face it, they do come. I know that many of us are in storms right now, so we know that they come. And those challenges come. Sometimes it can be unbearable. But my question this morning is, what are you anchored to in that moment?
Psalm 55 says, Give your burdens to the Lord. He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip or fall. What an amazing promise that is. We need an anchor that is strong, dependable, and an anchor that will hold us steady no matter what the force of the storm is that we're facing in our lives. And that anchor this morning is Jesus. He is our anchor of hope, and we're going to explore a little bit about that this morning, but he is our anchor. He has died for us, he has saved us, he has set us on a course that we cannot be moved from. And in Hebrews 6, 19, it says these words, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. You see, the, the is a is a present tense. You know, it wasn't, it was back then when this book of Hebrews was written. It is a, which means it's now, it's present, today, right now, right now, continuously, always, is a. So no matter what you're facing right now, we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. This hope. Hebrews 6 confirms it with Jesus says, this hope is an anchor for our soul. And I don't think it was meaning just about the immaterial part of our soul. I believe that this was true for um, our entire being, our body, our mind, our spirit, all of us that this was true for. So when we face challenges at school, when we go through our exams, we have this hope right now. When we go to the doctors and we hear a scary diagnosis, we have this hope. His name's Jesus. When we have a strange relationship with a spouse or a friend, we have this hope of Jesus. When you get that redundancy notice through the door, we have this hope. When you get a bill that you didn't expect at the end of the month, you have this hope. And even when you're ultimately on our deathbed, we have this hope, and it's the name of Jesus. None of our lives are immune to the winds and the storms that are going to blow from us. But what we have is a wonderful hope that secures us, securely anchors us to Jesus. And this was a good thing about this scripture when I was reading it. We're not just secured to Jesus as our anchor, but Jesus is anchored to God. We read, um, and, 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 and we read in the, we'll read it in the message translation in a second, but Jesus is anchored. He's already in the heavenly of heavens. He's gone through the sanctuary before us, but he's anchored to God. So if we're anchored to Jesus and we're anchored to God as well in that presence, the message translation puts it like this. We who have run for our lives to God have every reason to grab the promise of hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right into the very presence of God where Jesus running ahead of us has taken up his permanent post as our high priest. Isn't that amazing? Can you just have an imagine now we've got a lifeline that's going directly into the holy of holies. A lifeline. If we're connected to Jesus, we're connected to a lifeline straight into God's presence. Can you get excited about that with me this morning? Because I'm certainly excited about it. You see, the thing is, if you, if you sail a ship and you drop an anchor, you don't see what the anchor's doing underneath very often. Has anyone been on a ship? If Chris isn't here today, he'd tell us that probably. You don't see the anchor underneath, but you know it's there. If you've set it securely, unlike Tony and I's experience, 
But if you've set your anchor securely and right, it's fixed, it's set, that anchor is there, it's doing its job and will bring the safety that the sailors are looking for. And that's exactly the same thing that we have in Jesus. We can't see Jesus, but by faith, we have confidence that there's hope that lies before us is there, that it will hold securely, that it will do the job of the anchor, as it says in the word, this anchor is trustworthy, it's dependable, you know, and Jesus is with us, he is with God, and I just can't get this image out of my mind, where he's, he's in the heavenly of holies, he's connected to God, he's in there already, he's passed before us, he's right there, and he's saying, God, Anita's tugging on that anchor line today, she's got a problem. God, I'm interceding for her. Will you bring an answer? Steve, you're holding on. You're pulling on that anchor line today. And Jesus is sat there next to the Father saying, God, will you bring an answer into Steve's situation? That anchor, it's that lifeline holding us right into the presence of God, the holy of holies. I'm so excited that, that Jesus is sat there at the right hand of the Father, that he's making intercession for me right now. And that everything that I need, every face, every situation and circumstance I'm facing, Jesus is interceding for me right there in the heavenly of holies. He is sat there with God. And I've got my lifeline if I am secured with him. So I'm really feeling quite secure now. You know, we start thinking about our uncertainty in our world that we live in. But actually right now, I've got my lifeline. And I'm feeling secure. That, 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 that lifeline goes directly into the presence of God. So we have confidence in this scripture. Why is it? Let's look back into what it said. We have both promise and oath in this. Promise and oath. God's promises should be enough, shouldn't they? But here we are backed up with oath as well. Two things to make this absolutely sure. And it says in Hebrews, it is impossible for God to lie. And he will never change his mind. So what's written here, this hope, this anchor of hope that we have, it's impossible for God to lie about. It is true and it is real for us today. And even when we slip up and we make mistakes, which we all do, that anchor still holds. That anchor is still there. Even in our times of sickness, in times of persecution, in times of despair, that anchor is still there. It's still stable. It's still holding. It's still true. He cannot break his promise. He cannot lie to us. It is true for us this morning. When all other anchors fail, Jesus' is anchor, Jesus as our anchor can never fail. He can never fail. And he will hold us. When the storm arose, when the disciples were in the boat, they cried out to Jesus, Jesus, we're going to die. What did Jesus do? He calmed the storm. Right in that moment, he went in there. He calmed that storm. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He calmed the storm. In Matthew 11, we see Jesus says these words as well. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, cast your burdens on me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God, don't we all need that? That we can come to Jesus, that we can find rest, 
that he will calm the storms that we're in, that he brings that rest for us, that we have such a confidence that rests in him as our anchor, that we can come to him. And another scripture which I found just so wonderful, just so full of, this is just the word I'm speaking this morning, so hopefully it's helpful. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So if you're in trouble this morning, you've got a God who is there, always ready, always waiting to provide that hope and that answer that you need. So my third point this morning um, By faith and hope, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Not the storms around us, but on Jesus. Our hope, our anchor, our saviour in heaven, our lifeline directly into the presence of God. But do you know what? Ocean water, carrying on our nautical theme here this morning, ocean water is always moving. And... um, not just in the form of waves and tides, we, we know about that, but there's also, um, there's also a thing called currents. And according to National Geographic, a um, little bit of a lesson here this morning for us, um, ocean currents flow from vast rivers. Some ocean currents flow at the surface and others deep, flow deep within the water itself. Some currents flow for short distances, others entire ocean basins, and some circle the entire globe. I don't know if anyone's got the image of that Finding Nemo film now, that we've got all those turtles and they're trying to make their way to uh, the other side. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. So so I've got that image in my mind right now, but there we go. Um, uh, I don't know if many of us are going to really take a current and circle all the way to the other side of the world, but I'm sure many of us living where we do have got experiences of being on the beach where the lifeguard raises the alarm and, and warns us about currents. And they say, stay between the yellow flags. Anyone seen that on the beach? Remember, oh, I remember as a child, my parents say, stay between the yellow flags. Keep an eye on the yellow flags. Don't go past the yellow flags because the currents are so strong outside of that area that you can be taken out to sea. And I remember that quite vividly. In Hebrews 2.1 it says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Today we see more and more undercurrents of popular ideas and theories that work their way through in our culture. Yeah? Pastor Steve last week was talking about the influences of our time. People that are paid to shape what we think, what we buy, you know, what we do in our lives, what our values are. They're trying to shape our values and our, and our ideas. And a lot of these influences are, of course, creating these kind of unrealistic um, perception of what your body image should be that has negative impact on leading to eating disorders and, and all sorts of things, particularly with our young people. They have negative impact quite often on creating that need to buy the next thing. I didn't even need that. I didn't even know I needed that, um, you know, well, gadget thing that's been invented. I didn't even know I needed it. Neither could I afford it. But you convinced me through your influencing role that that's what I needed at that time. And more and more we see this coming through. We see social media being used 
just to be to addict us and create us into this kind of a time where we just spend all day scrolling, scrolling and scrolling, checking our feeds, checking what people are doing, you know, comparing ourselves against what everyone else is doing, and starting to feel really inadequate about who I am because I've seen all these other people that have got these wonderful, great lives, and I'm trying to get to that. We've got all of this stuff coming at us in in the world that we live in at the moment. And some of the things that people watch, read, and view is creating a distorted view of reality and, more importantly, taking people away from the fundamental truths of God's word. Trying to change our minds. Trying to bring in a different idea, a different concept that might be out of sync with what the word says. And it's so subtle sometimes. You don't even know you're doing it. You don't even know it's happening. But sometimes we then start to see tolerance and acceptance of things which are out of line of God's word. These sorts of things start creeping in. Our thoughts, our actions, they drift out of line as a consequence of God's word. And even in churches, we see many churches around the globe that are starting to conform and change their values away from what the word says, but into what the world says about them. Church, we need to be paying extra attention at this time, more than anything, to what we're reading, to what we're hearing, to what we're viewing, or what we're watching, and anchoring it back every time to what does the word of God say. Because these are currents that are kind of trying to knock us off course, trying to covertly and subtly just move us out of where God wants us to go, that positioning to be in the wrong place. It's important, I think, that we talk to our children and, you know, each other about these things because otherwise we can, we, as parents, I just want to encourage you to, you know, to talk to your children about things that they're getting. They're getting fed through social media, through schools, through, and actually being able to speak, what does the word of God say about this? And let's pray about what the word of God's saying into these situations that we're faced with. You know, the world is ever-changing and it has been constantly changing since Adam and Eve created did the first sin back in the book of Genesis when we see that. We see all of that. And actually, our world around us, the views, the ideologies, kind of everything that people are kind of throwing and changing, it's all about these currents trying to change things. It's that constant change. I'm grateful this morning that our God never changes. You know, he never changes. In Psalm 119, it says, "You, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Isaiah 40 says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. Malachi 3, 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's word is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is about us being aware of and testing what does the word say, anchoring back to the word of God so that those currents don't take us away. I was reminded of a program I watched um, a while back around, it's a bit about a super yacht, and um, the overnight the super yacht had anchored and the night watch crew were given the task of keeping watch. They were on deck. They were supposed to be keeping watch to make sure the currents weren't changing and moving the course of the direction of the boat. 
So they had an anchor, but they needed to keep watch still. And the crew got themselves a little bit distracted. They started doing other things, oh, important things, but they started getting distracted and took their eye off what they should have been looking at. They were looking for the subtle changes in the current. That meant that they needed to take some action to avoid disaster. And they didn't. They, didn't. they stopped paying attention. And without knowing it, they suddenly realized that they were on course. This 150 million pound superyacht was on course for collision into another 150 million pound superyacht. And the captain was really furious, <laughs> as you can imagine, because they didn't pay attention. They lost their focus. Let's ensure we pay attention. Let's watch out for those changing currents, church. Be anchored to God's word, lest we drift to a course of collision, of disaster, being carried away with what the world says, rather than being secure in what the word says. So my final point this morning is um, anchors, like all things, they need a bit of maintenance, don't they? They need a bit of maintenance. So um, in this sort of salt water, there's some risk of corrosion. My anchors are getting pulled on constantly, got the, the force of the sea and the wind and everything else. They can wear out. Um, and so it's important that they are maintained so that they stay strong, fit for purpose and secure. And in Hebrews 6, we read, the certainty of God's promises we explored earlier is the anchor that holds us in place. And it's believed um, that the book of Hebrews was actually written to Christians who at the time were kind of a little bit, you know, foundering in their faith a little bit because they were threatened, they were persecuted. Many were tempted to run away from Christ and go back to Judaism, to temple worship, all of those things that they'd done. And this writer was trying to remind them that, hold on, God cannot lie in this situation. He doesn't lie. The writer reminds them of that. His promises are true. They're unchanging. And this covenants that were given, that promise, that oath, that is true and it cannot be broken. God cannot change his mind. That should have been enough to tether them, to strengthen them to that truth when they were put up against the trials and the storms. Sometimes when the trials and the storms come, we find that unintentionally we've drifted away from God. Maybe we've stopped trusting. Maybe we've stopped believing in the promises of the word that we read. Maybe we've stopped connecting. Maybe we've stopped serving. Why is it? I think often it's because we've neglected to maintain our anchor. So I've got a few maintenance tips this morning. So I thought we'd just go through a couple of maintenance tips. The first one is to pursue, chase after, and follow God. Pursue him. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You know, I, I, I think that if we get that right, everything else will fall into place. You see, if God's got our heart, and we've given him our whole heart, then everything else that we're pursuing should be things that bring glory to God. Things that we do in our life should be things that are connected and in line with what please God um, in, in, in those situations. Um, so it should become effortless. The other, the other maintenance tip is to prioritize the time that we spend with God. 
rather than it's so easy that we say, God, I'm going to squeeze you into this little moment of my day that I've got. That priority about it says um, in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I know from personal experience how easy it is to be busy and to go about your day and, and, and forget and just trying to squeeze God into a little part of it. But I also know from experience that my day goes so much better when I allow God to be part of it. And I prioritize God being part of that day. You know, that difficult conversation that you're going to have with somebody. If you let God into that, it's so much better. I've, I've quite often, I call them Joshua days. I have them quite a lot where I absolutely have no idea how I'm going to get done today what I need to get done. I say, God, I'm going to give you this day. And miraculously, I don't know how many times it's happened. I've got to the end of the day and I've gone, I don't know how I've done this today, but I've done it. You know, God is miraculously, even if I, it means for me, he stopped time just for that moment so I could do it. And I just want to encourage you, prioritize that time that we give to God each day of our days. The third maintenance tip is to feast daily on the word of God. And I mean feast here. I'm not saying about having little crumbs and snippets. I mean feast. You know, our human bodies are designed to eat food daily. I wouldn't stay very strong or healthy um, if all I ate was my Sunday dinner in a week. And then I didn't eat again until next Sunday. As, as much as we all like a good roast dinner, I don't think it's enough to sustain us throughout the week if all we eat is a Sunday lunch. Yeah? Our bodies and our spirit is designed in the same way, to feed daily so that we maintain the strength. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, I love eating Christmas Day leftovers on Boxing Day. But do you know what? After a bit, I need something fresh. I need something new. I need something different. You know, we've got to feast daily on the word. If we're going to have a strong and maintained anchor, we can't live on leftovers. We need to feast on that word daily. My fourth maintenance uh, tip is this. Check our hearts. Psalm 139 says, Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So easy to let negative thoughts come in. To harbor unforgiveness and for bitterness. To become critical about stuff. And we lose. We become complainers. We lose the zest and the fun of following Jesus. Search me, God. In my relationships. Am I living in and living out your grace? Search me, God. Test me. See if there's any way in me that it's not fitting for you. My final maintenance test, uh, tip is to renew our power. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that renews our strength, our passion, stops us from becoming stagnant, stops us from drifting in and out of church, not really connected, challenges us 
to be consumed rather than just dipping our toe in. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. I was listening to an old song with Tim Hughes, Consuming Fire. It says, there must be more than this. O breath of God, come breathe within. Consuming fire, will you fan into flame? A passion for your name. Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way and fill me anew. Fill me anew. See, when we find ourselves not where we thought we would be, it's often simply that we've drifted because we haven't maintained our anchor. So we can declare that we are anchored to Jesus. We've given our lives to him. We're saved. That's great. But what about when the winds blow and the waves get bigger and the currents start moving? Does your anchor hold in that situation? Maybe today we've got to start doing some anchor maintenance. You see, it's so easy to drift. In fact, I was reading this the other day. In fact, it's that easy. In order to drift, all you've got to do is nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I want to encourage us this morning to remember the importance of dropping and securing our anchor, lest we drift unintentionally into dangerous waters. You see, the act of dropping and securing your anchor requires an intentional act as opposed to the unintentional consequence of drifting. We have a strong and trustworthy anchor of hope in Jesus and that unbreakable lifeline directly into the presence of God. Where Jesus has gone before us, he is interceding for us. No matter how much the winds might be blowing in your life right now, the waves might be absolutely pummeling you. You might just be holding on for dear life, trying to stay afloat in the challenging situation that you're finding yourself. I want to tell you Jesus is the only anchor with the integrity to hold you. Your job, your friends, even your family, your finances, none of that will hold you when the winds blow, when the enemy starts swirling those waves around you. Jesus is the only anchor that will hold you. It's our direct lifeline into the presence of God that holds us in that moment. Watch out for moving currents. Subtle want to sway us off course, slightly out of the way that God wants us to go. Subtly moving us, redirectioning us. God wants us to be where exactly he's positioned us for the purpose he has in your life. Watch out for those currents. And let's maintain our anchor by pursuing God by making God the priority in our lives, by feasting daily on the word of God, by checking our hearts and renewing the power, consuming fire, fan into flame the passion. For your name, Lord Jesus, fill me anew.
I'd say, that we all need an anchor. I ask you the question again, what are you anchored to? I'm anchored to Jesus. What are you anchored to? I'm anchored to Jesus. Thank you.